the great deluge during the time of Noah. This was one of the controversial subjects among serious Bible students. Today we will set aside the intricacies of this subject but focus on the spiritual message. Join us today as we explore the spiritual significance of the great deluge. After the fall, it came to pass when men began to multiply in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Genesis chapter 6 verse 7 and I quote, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beasts. I read how Jesus Christ made reference to the great deludes in expressing the same reproach on the wickedness of men in his time, saying in the book of Luke in chapter 17 verse 26, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Therefore, we have to rely on our Lord Jesus Christ to reveal the same dreadful event that happened in the past by divine revelation. But God made a promise not to repeat what he did in the great deludes by giving the following sign. In the book of Genesis chapter 9 verse 11 up to 15, God said, And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. My friend, let us remember Jesus Christ in making reference to the great deluge only set the tone for the qualification of ministers in the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, I quote, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit? For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. What does letter and Spirit in the Word mean in identifying ministers of the New Testament? Letter for the word simply means the literal meaning or human understanding of what is written in the Holy Bible. Don't we know that God gave His words in the Holy Bible simply as basis for the revelation of His intended meaning thereof? Therefore, Spirit of the Word is what God gives us the real message that serves as spiritual food for the soul. Alright then. Let us discuss the great story of the great deluge. This is what we read in Genesis chapter 6 beginning in verse 1 and verse 2. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they choose. 
The spiritual significance of this is taken in our discussion on the literal sin of Eve. First, who were the sons of God? Second, who were the daughters of men? That they were fair or beautiful? This was the time. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, I quote, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And also in chapter 6 verse 12, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Alright then, let us discuss the great story of the great deludes. What did God do? God said in Genesis chapter 6 beginning in verse 7, and we will read up to verses, verse 21. I quote, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 13, and God said unto Noah, verse 14, Make thee an ark of copper wood, room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Verse 15, And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. Verse 16, A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. With lower, second, and third story shalt thou make it. 17. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth, and destroy all flesh. Wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Verse 18. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Verse 19, And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark and keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Verse 20, Of fowls after their kind and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing, of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And lastly, verse 21, and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. For God, to save Noah from the flood, he commanded him to make an ark according to his plan, complete with specifications of the materials to use. What can you say to this? Yes, for materials Noah used gopher wood to be fastened, within and without with pits, a material from every variety of trees. The length of the ark is 300 cubits, 50 cubits in breadth, and height of 30 cubits. The size of the ark, consisting of three stories, is not really big considering its measurement in cubits. In the olden times, a cubit is measured from the elbow to the fingertips, is only 18 to 20 inches. Bearing in mind the number of all living things, animals, insects, including creepy crawly pests, in pairs, to gather and to congregate them in the ark, is inconceivable. One may say nothing is impossible with God. It is His will. This may sound trust in God, but in truth, it is blind belief. 
for they do not even know Him. If so, why do we hear them say God is a mystery, incapable of clear identification? Which comes first, to know or to trust? The ark was supposed to be three stories constructed with wood since iron was not yet in use at that time. My friend, there are many things in the story of the Great Deluge that cannot be supported by facts and proofs that many scientists reject its authenticity. Are we aware that the ark remained floating for more than 10 months? In Genesis chapter 8 verse 5, and I quote, And the waters decrease continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. Before, we as preachers told the people that by the will of God, everything happened for nothing is impossible with Him. And we have to believe. Yes, my friend. But never in the Bible school did we, did we study the following verse identifying the ministers of the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians 3.6, I quote, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Let us consider the following. For the long period of more than 10 months, that water has not subsided, how could all those in the ark sustain their physical needs? Number one, an example, a pair of elephants. The male consumes one drum and the female half drum of fresh water daily. What kind of container use that have sustained them for more than 10 months? Second, not mentioning the personal needs of the family of Noah and food for the animals, insects, and creepy crawly pests in pairs sustained in the ark for more than 10 months. What more consider the vast volume of water that flooded the earth? Where did that all go? With a natural cycle of evaporation condensation, and precipitation. My friend, many, many questions remain unresolved. How does God answer this? What many zealous Bible believers fail to consider at creation are the following basic truth. Number one, in the creation of man, God gave him free will to make his own decision that is absolute. Example, God cannot prevent man choosing what is wrong. God cannot force man to believe in Him. Man makes his own decision in many things, and so on, and so forth. Second, in like manner, God created nature and allowed it to take its due course without interference or intervention. Example, earthquakes. God created the earth not in single mass, but in blocks called in geology, faults. From Wikipedia, in geology, a fault is a planar fracture of discontinuity in a volume of rocks across which there has been significant displacement along the fractures, the movement of which cause earthquakes. Floods is caused by rain which is the result of evaporation of water from the ocean and on the surface of the ground. Then condensation is great quantity in the sky and precipitation on the unleveled ground. Forest fires, this is for too much heat from the sun, 
reaching burning point so as to restart all over again, and so on, and so forth. May we now say that atheists and agnostics are justified in rejecting the veracity or authenticity of the great deludes? I believe so, because of the religious leaders preaching that this spectacular event actually happened physically. Now, what is the truth regarding the great deludes? God only confirms that the letter of the word does not yet give the intended message that serves as food for the soul. Very clear, therefore, that God speaks parables and the story of great deludes is just a parable. Thus, God says in Psalm 78 verse 2, and I quote, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Ezekiel 20 verse 49, and I quote, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, they say of me, Doth he not speak parables? And Jesus Christ clearly revealed, revealed this to Mark, and he wrote in Mark chapter 4 verse 34, and I quote, But without a parable, spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. Now, it is clear to me why our Lord warned the religious leaders of their wickedness. In the book of Luke, chapter 17, verse 26, and I quote, as it, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. What kind of wickedness did Jesus see in the Jews that he compared them with the people in the great deludes? It is not the kind of wickedness people know like murder, stealing, physical adultery, and so forth. How could people understand what Jesus Christ said of wickedness in Luke 17.27? I quote, They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Perhaps this will break the back of the camel, so to speak, that any serious Bible believer will be convinced that indeed God is speaking in parables. Is it evil to eat? Is it evil to drink? Is it evil to marry wives? Is it evil to be given in marriage? Certainly not. The natural man will say, this is foolishness as written in 1 Corinthians 2.14. And I will... Uh, Read the verse in 2 Corinthians 2.14. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Then what does Christ mean in rebuking the Jews, saying they did it? Jesus gives us the clue when the devil wanted him to turn the stones into bread for him to eat in his fasting. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, I quote, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Therefore, spiritual bread refers to the word of God.
Did not the religious leaders feed the Jews with the word of God? Yes, they did. But look how they took the word to the letter when they crucified the two thieves on the cross. Spiritually, the very religious leaders were the spiritual thieves when Jesus rebuked them in Matthew chapter 23, verse 8, and I quote, But be ye not called rabbi, that means teacher, pastor, shepherd, for one is your master, even Christ, and all you are brethren. In Matthew 23, verse 9, I quote, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Very clear to our Lord, the title rabbi that means teacher, pastor, or minister, father is exclusive honorary title of God. Now, my question, why do religious leaders rob God of His honor and glory? No wonder our Lord called them hypocrites. In Matthew 15, verse 7, I quote, you hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth night unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines that commandments of man. Now I understand why Jesus Christ rebuked the religious leaders and their followers for eating which in the example is eating the wrong kind of food for the soul. Yes, God feeds His chosen by divine revelation based on the letter of the word. Never should explanation come from human wisdom. Let us remember how the Jews mock Jesus Christ for saying, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Because they did not wait for His intended message that refers to His body, they did not believe the scriptures. How about the evil of drinking that Jesus Christ accused the people? Again, this is very far from what the natural man understands. One reference for spiritual drinking is written in Psalm 69 verse 12. I quote, They that sit in the gate speaks against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. Very clear, drinking here refers to intoxication with alcohol, which to God is emotionalism. They appear to love God, but in truth are the victims of their deceitful heart. According to Jeremiah 17 verse 9, and I quote, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jesus Christ saw the religious people praising God based on emotionalism that altogether were blinded by their erroneous belief. Very clear, they did understand what Jesus Christ was telling them. This is the reason why they crucified Him on the cross. I will ask now why Jesus Christ rebuked the Jews for wickedness, saying, They marry wives. What is wrong with this? Of course, this is the letter of the word. By divine revelation, however, marrying wives takes the instance of or position of being the husband. Spiritually, God is the husband who is supposed to plant his seeds to the people. His seed is the word of God, according to Luke 8.11, and I quote, Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. And for this, the religious leaders surreptitiously took the role of God teaching the people and being looked look up by them. Was not this the cause of Lucifer's downfall? 
I will ask now why Jesus Christ rebuked the Jews for wickedness, saying they were given in marriage. Again, the word they were given in marriage is the letter of the word, and the natural man sees nothing wrong with this. Spiritually, however, to God, marriage is for him to plant his seeds to the people as their husband. And his seeds is the word of God, not of the letter but of the spirit, according to 2 Corinthians 3.6 and Isaiah chapter 54 verse 5. The spirit of the word is God's divine revelation for his intended message thereof. Why did the people accept the religious leaders' preaching of the letter instead of the spirit of the word? What conclusion then can we give regarding the wickedness of the people that God saw in the great deludes as Jesus Christ saw in his time? My friend, there is no difference. This only validates this truth in Hebrews 13 verse 8. I quote, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ is the truth. Truth is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And also in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done, is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Now, what can we say regarding the promise of God not to repeat what he did in the great deludes? In the book of Genesis, chapter 9, verse 11, and I quote, And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. My friend, very clear, this covenant is simply expressed in the letter of the word, which should not be taken physically. Otherwise, it will contradict the immutability of the truth in the word of God. That is why Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, that what happened at the time he also saw in his time. We, the chosen, also see this kind of wickedness all around. To repeat the great deludes did not happen literally, but spiritually. Today, how do we see the event during the time of Christ that he made reference to the great deludes? Water to the letter is H2O, but spiritually symbolizes the word of God in the following, like in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26, and I quote, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Water also refers to the Holy Spirit in John 7, 38 and 39, I quote, he that believeth on me as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Clearly, therefore, 
water or flood symbolizes the truth. Now, let us discuss the kind of wickedness God saw in the great deluge as Jesus Christ referred to it in his time. So also the chosen are witnesses in our time. Do we not see the people today eating the letter of the word that kills? 2 Corinthians 3.6, I quote, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Do not people today drink and with religious fervor or passion being deceived by their deceitful heart? Jeremiah 17 verse 9, and I quote, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Do we not see religious leaders marrying wives to whom they implant preaching based on the letter of the word? Are not the laity or people given marriage where they willingly accept the seeds of the religious leaders solely based on the letter of the word? Do you mean the chosen are the Noahs today? If so, what is the ark? Yes, the chosen are the Noahs today. The ark that was designed and all the materials were specified by God represents the way of the Lord. Very clear David saw this and wrote in Psalm 77 verse 19 and I quote, The way is in the sea and thy path in the great waters and thy footsteps are not known. Therefore, the spiritual ark is the way of the Lord, as it is written in Isaiah 55 verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Today, how could the great deludes apply to the chosen? When it is written by Peter, eight souls were saved. First Peter 3.20 Which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. Spiritually, only Noah was saved, for it is written, his soul represents his family in the following. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 6, and I quote, If thy son, or thy daughter, or thy wife, or thy bosom, which is as thine own soul. Does God mean the story of the great deludes pertains to his individual chosen? Yes, my friend. We and our brethren all over the world have our own spiritual great deludes. Jesus Christ told his listeners in Luke 17.26, and I quote, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. For Christ saying, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man, simply refers to Jesus being recognized by the apostles by divine revelation in Matthew 16, 15-17. Then the wickedness that Jesus saw must also be seen by us. Clearly, we see around us the wickedness of first. Those who do not know God are eating the fruits of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that refers to the intellect and feeling. Second, people drink that means spiritually drunk with emotionalism. Third, people marry wives where we are witnesses 
to how religious leaders plant their own seeds or human wisdom to the people. Fourth, people are given in marriage where they enjoy the letter of the word. Why did the people accept the religious leaders' preaching of the letter instead of the spirit of the word? The flood. Can you not see the great flood around us today, consisting of great waters, symbolize the letter of the word recorded in Ephesians chapter 5? Verse 26, and I quote, That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, also symbolized by the Holy Spirit in John 7, 38 and 39. And I quote, He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 39, But this spake he of the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. That people cannot see the truth that kills them. Very clearly, a repetition of the great deluge, as Jesus saw in his time, as we, the chosen of God, also see in our times. Noah is in the ark, surrounded by water that kills the people. But to him, it is a blessing. For God reveals the ark symbolizes his way, as David wrote in Psalm 77 verse 19. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Unquote. How timely is the warning written by Paul, who recognized Jesus Christ personally? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14-17. Allow me to read these verses. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols, for ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. May the Lord bless your heart as you listen to this broadcast, and see the true message of that great deluge, and be different. May God bless you, to God be all the glory. That's